2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer, joined by J.J. Cooper, here to talk about the first two games of the World Series. And J.J., the Nationals are up 2-0, just like we all expected.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> amazing how quickly a series can turn. Came into this expecting that the uh, the Astros would win the series. You know, acknowledged it's a seven-game series. The Nationals are obviously good enough to win this series. That said, it just felt like that the Astros were, you know, were just a tick better. And man, that I, I would not want to put money on the Astros right now because they just had two of the best pitchers in the world on the mound, admittedly against two of the best pitchers in the world. And but they went 0-2 in those at home. And I, I now look at it as we get ready, as we are on the off day, as they head to uh to DC, which will be, I have to imagine, utterly insane now in a good way because you know you, you'll have uh, a million people baby sharking um, but <laughs> I, I think that I, I just look at it now and go okay if the D if the Nationals can just win one of the next two games game three I would say slight you know Granky versus Sanchez but I say slight because Grinke has been better than Sanchez by significant margin over the course of their careers and over the course of even the season. But if you look in the, you know, in, in October, I think you would have to say that, that that's not really been true. And then when you get to game four, we have to right now at least imagine that it's going to be bullpen game versus Patrick Corbin and I'll take advantage Patrick Corbin over the bullpen. I've just been so impressed really of both teams, but, the Nationals – the the Astros forced – they forced basically Scherzer and Strasburg both to grind out every inning that they pitched. And Scherzer and Strasburg were up to the challenge, you know, both nights. But the flip side of that is, is I mean, the, the Nationals at-bats have been just as good. You're seeing guys taking one, two pitches that are two inches, three inches off the plate. That's a tough take. And every time that happens on either side, you're just forcing that pitcher to work a little bit harder, a little bit harder, a little bit harder. You know, we, we can decry, you know, I know that there are, you know, people can decry what happened to the days of the, the starter who goes eight or nine in the world series. No one, maybe Nolan Ryan, because Nolan Ryan would throw 250 pitches, but no one could get through eight or nine innings with the way these teams are putting together these at-bats because you're going to be at 115 pitches by the fifth or sixth.
2: And we saw that, you know, game one in particular. um, I, I think that's what stood out to me. And in some ways, as much as last night's destruction kind of takes the juice out of you a little bit, I actually thought the game one loss for the Astros was a little more deflating because you did everything right to get Max Scherzer out of that game. You did not chase a thing. You got him out of the game after five innings, made him throw 112 pitches. You did everything right to get into that Nationals bullpen and – you still lost the game. And I think that's frustrating beyond words. When you feel like you executed your game plan to perfection, you did everything you were supposed to do. You jumped out to the early lead, got their ace starter out of the game when it's Max Scherzer, you have your ace on the mound, And and you still lose the game. And especially to, you know, go down and then start to rally and come back. I I thought Daniel Hudson's strikeout of Jordan Alvarez, I mean, that's one of those moments where you don't want to blow it up too much and say, oh, that turned the series. But just, I mean, how much that deflated the Astros and Minute Maid Park and how it, it just from then on the Nationals have been cruising. I mean, it's, it, that was a big, big, big strikeout in the moment, and, and I think it's looking like a big, big, big strikeout in terms of uh, turning the momentum of the series. You know, one thing I think that we all missed, and when I say we, myself included, you know, and I said, you know, as much as I love the Nationals and what they've done this postseason, I, I picked the Astros in six. And last night's uh, destruction kind of inspired me to go back and look at this a little bit. The first fifty games, of the National season, really throws us all off about how good of a team this really is, and we know that from a record perspective. In that, since those first fifty games, you know, the Astros went seventy-four and thirty-seven. The Nats went seventy-four and thirty-eight in that same span. This was a team that was a half game worse than the Astros. Over the final 112 games. But I dug into it a little bit deeper, and we talked so much about this Houston offense and how dangerous it is and how good it is. The Nationals over those final 112, with the Astros over those final 112, the Nationals hit 275, 353, 476 those final 112 games. They had a higher batting average than the Astros, a higher on base percentage than the Astros, and their slugging percentage was just a tick below the Astros. And by the way, they were doing that in the National League with one less hitter. From the point after those first fifty games, again, we talked so much about the Astros offense. The National's offense, by almost any measure, was almost as was was as good or close to as good. And I think we kind of got lost again just looking at the total season numbers. When healthy. This Nationals team has the record the Astros do, just a tick below, the offense the Astros do, and even on the pitching staff side, the Astros have the edge, but it's not as huge as you might think. Those final 112, the Astros had a three seven six ERA, and that's worth three nine eight. This is a really, really good Nationals team that I think is closer to the Astros, and it's easier to say that now in retrospect, but going back and looking at it, I think a lot of us, myself included, miss just how good they've been relative to the Astros.
1: There have been a lot of at-bats that these Nationals hitters have done that that really do stand out. But but what I really do take from these first two games, more than anything, what I probably will take out of it is is just watching how Scherzer and Strasburg worked. You know, last night with Strasburg his stuff was really good. But at the same time I, I felt like his changeup, which has been an absolutely devastating pitch, you know, was a little less consistent last night. And He still managed to make it work. And and he did so really about as efficiently as you can. Uh, You know, gave him a little more length. And, hey, credit to Dave Martinez and the the, the Nationals uh, coaching staff. They have figured out a way in these first two games to piece together a bullpen. They've been somewhat creative about it. They used Patrick Corbin, I felt like, in a very good way. Um, I would absolutely take the trade of, of getting a good inning out of Corbin and say, okay, I'll move him from game three to game four. That's, that's fine. But they, they now, the, the thing that stands out with it is they managed to get through those first two games where, okay, they get the day off. They can again, go back in game three, a little longer to their bullpen. If they need it, they can, they can ask, uh, you know, do little, they can ask Hudson to maybe go a little deeper if they need to, because, they're going to have had some some rest that's the great thing about blowing that game open last night and um and the reality of it is is that they i can't imagine what could have gone better for the nationals in these first two games than what it is and but okay so i'm going to frame it to you Kyle How, what are do you think the chances are that the astros can come back it's a two it's an 0-2 you know series right now the the Yankees are the last team to come back from that. I, I I know that it well. I was uh you know covering the game. I'm old. I was covering the game where uh, LaRitz hit the homer off of uh, Wollers and uh, and really turned that series around. And that was a very similar situation. the 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 Braves in '96 won the first two games in New York, came back to Atlanta, and it was on you know in their home park, which was still Fulton County at the time. It was in their home park that that series turned. What do you think are the, uh, the, the Astros chances of turning the series around in DC?
2: You know, I I never want to count the Astros out because of just how dangerous this offense is. And, And I do think AJ Hinch knows exactly which buttons to push. And is a great manager. I just have a hard time seeing them, especially if they have to go bullpen game or short rest in game four, you know, say they take game three And then it's bullpen game, game four, or short rest game four, where the Nats can potentially throw a a fully rested Patrick Corbin if you consider his game one outing, a side session, which is what they've done throughout the postseason with a lot of their starters, and done it successfully. I, I have a hard time seeing the Astros not going down three games to one just with the way game three and four line up, and that's at best. And from that, it's really, really, really difficult. Not impossible, but really, really, really difficult to then say, all right, I expect them to then go out and win three straight, knowing they'll probably be facing a fully rested Scherzer and Strasburg. So in that sense, to me, yeah, the Nationals are in a great, great spot here. And it's hard for me to pick the Astros to do it. I'd put it at 5%, maybe 10%. And again, that's not lack of belief in them. That's, That's a belief in the Nationals, what they've done, people will frame it as getting hot the right time they've been hot since may i mean we just i just laid it out this has been a team that was right with the astros and dodgers for the best records in baseball after the first 50 games their offense they beat the astros in average and on base percentage despite being a nationally team losing essentially an out to the pitcher every time through the lineup I mean, it's really, really impressive. This is a, we thought this was a really good team. I mean, you can argue this is a great Nationals team, what they've done since May. And it's hard for me to pick them to blow a lead like this. And on top of that, you know, they've been managed really well. It's been really kind of funny to me. You know, David Martinez does do some things that are a little anti-sabermetric. And I saw some of them too, even in the Dodgers series. Called for a sack bunt at a curious time or two. uh, Gave out an intentional walk at a curious time or two. And it's kind of funny. Whenever he calls for a sack bunt, wherever the Nationals try, either attempt a bunt or successfully execute one, the never-bunters on social media kind of freak out. Here's what Dave Martinez does: he manages this clubhouse brilliantly. You see how much fun these guys are having. He sets that tone, he oversees it, he makes sure everything runs smooth. And he has managed a pitching staff with essentially six effective pitchers perfectly this postseason. If you run your clubhouse smoothly, and you manage your pitching staff, you can do whatever you want in terms of bunting and and doing all these things that seem to drive a lot of the Sabre metrics crowd crazy, because that's what's most important. If you can do those two things, you will likely have a winning baseball team. And and I think Dave Martinez deserves a lot of credit for doing those two things and doing them well. Everything else is secondary. And, And I think when you combine how the Nationals are playing Uh, their managers making all the right moves and the most important aspects of the game. I I have a hard time picking against them. And and again, to me, it's a five to 10% chance for the Astros. It's possible. It's just extremely unlikely. How do you see it?
1: I'm going to go more than that just because again, it's only two games that they're down. Um, Let me just map out a scenario. Okay. They win game three. I think that's very plausible. Again, I would say that they have the advantage, Granke versus uh, Sanchez. I would say they have the advantage. Okay. So they win game three. It's now two games to one. And I really do look at game four as kind of the fulcrum point of this. If, Agreed. If somehow they won game four, the you know, you get some good innings from Peacock, you know, Urquidy, you know, you know, the those – They somehow, Patrick Corbin has a bad outing, whatever you know, the bullpen blows it for the naps, whatever it is. Well, all of a sudden, you could be standing at two, staring at 2-2 again. And, okay, if that happens, what you're really cruising for is, uh, again, game five is is a repeat of, of game one. And Cole, you know, Cole versus Scherzer, advantage, if anything, is Cole, Game six, uh, okay, again, you know, Strasburg-Verlander, maybe slight advantage Strasburg with how they're pitching right now. But, again, those are very winnable games for the Astros. So even if they win one of those two, then you're you're back at game seven. And in that case, game seven would be insanity, um, you know, because I, I, that's an everyone, everyone is available game, I would imagine. And you're talking about a game where it would – would it be Corbin coming back on short rest? Would it be, you know, I would, I would assume it'd be Granky starting. But again, I, I think that anyone could pitch in that game. I, I think you could be seeing guys on basically, you know, on no rest coming back. It, it's not insane to think anything could happen there. So I, I would put it 20, 25%. This is, I guess, the range I would put it. Just because, again, also, the other thing with this is, is that we have had Juan Soto take over a game. We have had... I wouldn't say anyone took over that game. I know Adam Eaton, I think, went four for four last night, but no one took over that game for the Nats. But they, they had some some fortuitous bounces and also some really bad defense by one of the better defensive third basemen in, in baseball, and Bregman last night. Yeah. But we haven't had a game yet. You know, it's very possible that we'll have a game where Altuve will have a game where he takes over the game, or Bregman will take over a game, or Springer, or you know, maybe even Jordan Alvarez. There's there's a lot of guys who could do that, and as good as this looks, if you're a Nationals fans right now, it could turn very quickly. If, if the Astros win game three, all of a sudden game four feels pretty nerve wracking for both teams, because that will feel like a almost must win for, for the Nats because you have Corbin versus a bullpen game.
2: Yeah. And that was, you know, I talked about that before the series. I thought that game four would be, would be huge just because you were going to get a traditional starter versus likely a bullpen game, or if the Astros get desperate and decide to go a short rest uh, Garrett Cole I, I mean there's a couple ways they can go but I think either way it fa- it ends up favoring the Nationals and uh, it's funny you mentioned Adam Eaton he only went two for four last night it just felt like four for four in the seventh and eighth inning alone I mean it was really impressive and, and we talked about this Nationals offense go down the line last night Eaton two for four Kendrick two for four Cabrera two for four Zimmerman two for four Suzuki two for four I mean top the lineup, bottom of the lineup, everyone was contributing, everyone was doing good things. You know, even Victor Robles, who was the only starter to go hitless last night, still managed to get on base twice, scored a pair of runs. Like, everyone's doing something where, you know, Altuve went three for five last night. You know, Bregman got out of his slump with that huge first inning home run. Michael Brantley went two for four. I mean, the Astros had good things happen. Early at least, you know, again, they made Strasburg work a little bit. I mean, Strasburg threw 114 pitches to get through six innings. I mean, I, I think if you're the Astros, like you said, you have some uncharacteristic things happening and, and it's frustrating because again, okay, how do we make Scherzer and Strasburg work? How do we get to that bullpen early? And they've done that better than a lot of other teams have done this postseason and they still find themselves down 2-0 and that's that's dispiriting a little bit. So, We'll see, but uh, the Nationals surely in a great place. JJ, any final thoughts on what to look for as uh, the series moves into the weekend in D.C.?
1: I'm just really excited to see what the atmosphere is going to be like. I mean, this is something that Nationals fans have been waiting for. You know, in in many cases, you know, they're, well, in most, in pretty much everyone's case, their whole life, uh, you know, a situation like this. I think it's going to be an incredible atmosphere, and I also think that, you know, if you just look at it, you know, I feel like by the time we're talking on Monday, the shape of this series is going to be very well known because, you know, if if we're talking on Monday and it's obviously it, it could be over, but if we're talking on Monday and it's three, one, you feel to me, I feel really good about the uh, nationals chances of winning one game with, with uh, you know, Scherzer and Strasburg still kind of in their back pocket. But if it's two, you know, it, it very well could be two, two it is very plausible for this to be 2-2 as well and if that's the case then all of a sudden i feel really good about houston's chances so i i'm you know i'm i was glad last night to have a game where i was able you know when it got to 11-2 i'm like yep i'm i'm shutting it down for the night it'll be nice to have a night to uh, to rest and recover but i'm very much looking forward to uh, I guess actually, what am I saying? We'll be at after Game Five. It'll be Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, yeah. We will if we're talking on Monday. We're either going to be coronating somebody, you know, which would be the Nats, or or we are heading back to Houston with what will at that point be a uh, very interesting series because at most it'll be three two Nats at that point. And I kind of would think that the Astros have a pretty good chance if it's only three two Nats coming back.
2: And that's what this will be a, a very, very exciting weekend of baseball. I look forward to it as well. And uh, we'll see if the Astros can, can find new life uh, out in DC, but you're right. That atmosphere is going to be pretty crazy. I very much look forward to the interview with the 94 year old lady who was at the last time DC had a world series game, in 1933. I always kind of enjoy those and get a kick out of those. It's been a fun series so far with a lot of big moments, a lot of it's just the entertainment value of this series, I think has been great uh, as well as some of the pure baseball aspects of it. So, It's been a fun one so far. We'll look forward to continue. Uh, This has been another Baseball America Playoff podcast. For JJ Cooper, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will talk to you on Monday.
0: After the end of a good fight,